The Teamwork Arts Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we try and go behind the thoughts that animate the actions of those who create the arts. Uh, today, of course, it is an honor to have uh, someone um, uh, whose uh, detailed description would probably take a podcast all in itself. We should skip. Yes, skip it. <laughs> let's yeah. just call it. Um, let's just call him the captain. Uh, uh, one of the captains of the industry. I think suffice to say that Mr. Noshad Forbes is with us. Uh, thank you very much for your time, sir. My pleasure, sir. Uh, Great uh, to be here. You've, of course, um, uh, finally traversed the journey of the author uh, towards uh, uh, to being an author as well. Uh, how's that journey been? So, you know, I, I wrote a book with her together with a friend 20 right. years ago. Right. Uh, it was a very academic book. Right. And I recommend it very highly for anyone who suffers from insomnia. <laughs> um, but um, not, for, not to anyone else. It's a tough, dense book. Right. Somewhere along the way in the last uh, four years, five years, I've started writing a monthly column in the newspapers. Right. And the response that I had to that column has been very positive, number one. Number two, I've learned, I think, a lot. I've always been, I've always enjoyed writing, uh, right through college, in the company, uh, in general. Um, so I've, I'm a, I'm a, I've generally been a big reader and sure. uh, I've also written a reasonable amount. Um, but writing a book uh, really was, an, uh, was something that I started thinking about as a part of this column. The column helped me also be clear because if you have a thousand words in which you have to say something, then uh, you better be clear what you want to say because otherwise you won't say anything. Absolutely. So uh, and I think that improved my writing significantly actually, writing that column. Right. Um, and then uh, started working on the book. Uh, actually in the early days of the pandemic because it was a great opportunity to actually stay at home, not travel and uh, focus on writing. And I enjoyed the process immensely, actually. I enjoyed I enjoyed writing the book. And I think, uh, uh, you know, the pandemic, I think... Uh Taught us to look inward a little, you know, to uh, uh, to find those small joys that we had sort of forgotten in the bigger picture. In that sense, and of course, um, your picture so much bigger than no, no, I, than those the others that you look at with your various responsibilities to, uh, you were fulfilling. Uh, but um, was it an enjoyable process, or, or was that a little bit of a? So when I first started, you know, I said, you know, how am I going to write the whole yeah. book? But I had an idea of what each chapter would be about. Uh, and I figured that some of the chapters would be easier, some of the chapters would require more work. Right. So, for example, somewhere along the way, I said, I don't think I'm going to write this, uh, the chapter on institutions because it's not a subject that I've ever thought about much or written about ever in the past. Sure. Um, and then I was talking to uh, a, f a friend of mine who's a historian and a very accomplished writer. Um, and he said, look, if you leave the institutions chapter out, you're actually weakening the book and okay. the story. Okay. So you must put it in. Right. And in the end, so I did more reading and work on the institutions chapter than for any of the other <laughs> chapters in the book. It was huge learning. And I am really happy with how the chapter turned out. Sure. Uh, so there are, you know, you know, you have certain favorites. Um, sure. And those favorites are the ones that I sort of enjoyed writing more. Sure. But sometimes the ones that took more work and, you know, more effort to really think through in terms of what I wanted to say and sure. how to say it and support it, right. that that is what has given me the greatest pleasure later on when I look back on the book and I say, yeah, I'm saying something useful here. Sure. Uh, uh, there's also the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you more than, uh, more than a lot of other people uh, would understand the importance of fact and of making sense of chaos in that way. Um, 
as far as the book is concerned, there is, of course, the academic rigor part of it. But there's also the creative chaos part of it, because at the end of the day, it needs to necessarily yeah. tell a story as well. So um, was that a difficult balancing act for you or did you put one above the other? So I first wrote the chapters and sort of said, here's, you know, here's my data, here's what I want to say, etc. And then um, I had a couple of very good readers. Um, this friend of mine who's a historian, uh, my niece, who is an extremely insightful and valuable reader sure, sure. Uh, of uh, the book and gave me very valuable feedback, both detailed and general. Sure. Um, and then I would go back through the chapters and say, you know, in fact, what I tried to do was to reduce the size of each chapter. And by reducing the size of each chapter, you know, you, you um, what's the phrase that's used? You you kill your darlings or whatever, right? <laughs> so you know you you know you yeah, have your your favorite bits and yes. sometimes things that you'd spend a lot of time working on. Sure. And you said you know actually, but the chapter reads better without that. Sure. And you could only get rid of it at least one month on because you know <laughs> sure. you, because otherwise you remember the pain of what it yes. took to yes. get all that data put together For and sure. put it in and then sure. so, you know this doesn't. The, the broader story is what needs to matter. For sure. And if it doesn't support the broader story, put it somewhere else, use it in a different book. <laughs> <It does. laughs> so. Which leads me to the question that, uh, of course, you, you've put together an, uh, a bit of an academic dome in that way, uh, where um, you know facts are important. But uh, increasingly, we're living uh, in times where um, where facts uh, information is uh, uh, you know uh, is being crowbarred so, sort of into into boxes of mm -hmm. agendas, uh, and you being more more so your voice being a very influential voice. Was there a little bit of second guessing in putting information into uh, what was going under your name? Well, you know, I suppose everyone is uh, everyone picks and look, goes looking for data that supports their own theories. Exactly. Um, I think really good academics uh, go and generate the data and then tell the story that the data is telling. Right. Um, but I wouldn't claim that. I mean, I would say that, you know, I think I had a point of view. But as I looked at the data, uh, if the data didn't support my point of view, I would actually say that in the chapter. Um, and I'll try to qualify it or whatever. And in some cases, for example, uh, in the chapter on openness and so on, you know, uh, trade, um, I talk a little bit about two sides uh, sure. of a position, but two sides which are both very well substantiated. Right. Um, and then, and then I say where I come out on it. Sure. Uh, so you know, in terms of this is why, this is what I think at the end of the day, and this is why I think it. So it's, I try to support. Sure. I try to support. I've tried to support what I argue with as much either either sort of broader principles from different sure. fields um, or data. And then, yeah. There's a there's a quote that statement with me for a while uh, of someone who I know who said that uh, we are living in times when uh, uh, we're not listening, we're waiting. Uh, at a time yeah. when uh, you know uh, when everything is being sort of you know given an agenda, uh, we're becoming a bit of a. Would you agree that we're becoming a bit of a society of the ors rather than the ands? You have to be this or that, and or rather than being this and Very, that. And I, you've written something where you've actually tried to argue both the points. So um, was that a bit of a tussle? It wasn't a tussle actually. You know, I I believe very strongly and um, and. 
some of the people I'm closest to, my brother, for example, believes this very strongly too, that one of the greatest problems of our times is polarization. Yeah. You know, and this, this whole, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, I'm not going to read you, hear you, anything. Um, and even if you're not against us in practice, if I think you're against us, I won't read you or hear you or anything. So, you know, I think that's too bad because I think newspapers in the past used to play a role of yes. exposing people to different points of view, Absolutely. which they do some good newspapers still do. Sure. Uh, Business Standard, where I write, does. Yeah. Uh, the Hindu does. Uh, the Indian Express mm -hmm. does. Not too many others. Sure. Um, sure. You know, there are a few others like Mint and all, but not too many others. Sure. Uh, there's also um, uh, this thing about, uh, uh, you know, information and knowledge that increasingly information has uh, overtaken our lives in that way. And that is passive because it's everywhere. Uh, knowledge traditionally has been something that is an active pursuit where you have to pick information and then create knowledge out of it. And create understanding. And that line yeah. seems to be blurring a little where information is being now uh, uh, increasingly masquerading as, as knowledge. Do you think that's a threat to, um, uh, to the proliferation of ideas, to, uh, to maybe creativity itself? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, is it a threat to ideas and creativity? Maybe not. Maybe not. But it's certainly a threat to understanding. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. Yes, of yeah. course. So, so, yeah. so, you know, in terms of appreciating what, he, what we are each saying, you know, and, and you know, I, I mean, my book will serve very little purpose if it's read by people who think like me right. and have greater support for their views. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if it's read by at least a few people who do not think like me and say, and that prompts them to question some of their own beliefs. I'm not saying change their beliefs, but question some of those beliefs and say, what's the foundation for those beliefs? Is the, are those beliefs based in data or broad principles or what? Um, or what, what does it say about the values that express those beliefs? Um, I think then the book's playing a role that it should. Um, of course, yeah. that makes perfect sense, actually. Um, and finally, um, uh, to those uh, who are sort of on the edge, but still a little afraid of taking that plunge of, uh, of putting the word to paper, which is a plunge that you've so uh, yeah. joyfully taken, yeah. what would your advice be? Start writing, right? <laughs> start writing. Because if you start writing, um, don't, don't expect that when you, when you start writing, the first thing that you write is going to be wonderful. The first thing you write, possibly, even you won't understand when you read it, right? I mean, you know, and, yeah, yeah, because you say, absolutely. what am I saying here? Why am I saying this? You know, this is that what I intended to say? For sure. And it's a very good learning process. So if you go through again what you've written and then keep writing, I found it was much easier to write, you know, chapters 9, 10, 11 right. than to write chapters <laughs> 2, 3, and 4. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, chapter 1 was easy, but 2, 3, and 4 was a struggle. Chapters 9, 10, 11 was a breeze and I was really enjoying it and I could have kept going if I'd wanted to really upset my publisher because I was at that point, you know, I was supposed to deliver 65,000 words and I delivered 95,000 words. So, I mean, ah. so, you <laughs> so, know, and, sure. and, and I think the final, the final discussion was, okay, don't cross 100,000. <laughs> so, 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 but I was enjoying the process sure. a lot. Sure. And I think you get better with practice. Sure. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the way most things in the world work, including writing. And yeah, that's life advice as well. You get better with practice. Be not afraid to try. And yeah. 
And of course, um, it has been a breeze uh, reading the book, The Struggle and the Promise. Uh, yeah. That's a book that uh, Mr. Noshad Forbes has written. You might want to read it because uh, it makes you think. It's, and thinking is a lovely thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I also had fun with it, right? right. So, you know, so that's why there are Lakshman cartoons in the book. Sure. Um, sure. You know, especially when I'm talking about particularly sensitive points, they're more cartoons. Of course. Um, you <laughs> it know, makes there, it go there, down easier. There are sides in the footnotes. Right. So sure. that bit was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So yeah. remember to have fun and yeah. uh, remember to read the book and uh, remember to tell us what you think about the Teamwork Arts yeah. podcast. Follow us on social media, leave us likes, comments, etc., whatever it is. Um, and uh, remember to think about what Mr. Forbes has said because thinking, as I said, is mm. good. Just might open a few doors. Thank you very thank much, you much. Uh, Mr. Forbes, for this time. Thank, uh, that's the thank you, Arts. Sir, sir. Uh, Thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Teamwork Arts podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening.